0: are you ready to talk about the motion picture
1: shows
2: i don't know i'd probably have to say yeah
1: on that one question mark three hours for a movie
2: welcome to football day i needed this
0: thing to end quick fast and in a hurry
1: is it though is it a good movie
0: yes i think so Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Quick, to my stepdad's pickup truck. <laughs> Stoner bashing time. Stoner bashing time.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then remember, I was like... Later, dude. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the continuum transfunctional? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, have
0: a, I was going to use a a. Dude wears my car quote today in this podcast.
2: He <laughs> should. There's for, still time.
0: For, for Moriarty, where his mystery is only exceeded by his power. Oh, here you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were doing that uh, last night. I went to the Mariners game, and it was like free puffy vest night. So everyone oh, is wearing sweet. the same vest. And <laughs> this guy that I was talking to, I was like, what the hell, man? You We're wearing the same thing. <laughs> and then he's like, "And then he's like, what does mine say? And I was like, dude. He's like, what does mine say? Sweet. <laughs> it was funny. So. That's funny. Only stoner bashers can can know it. Stoner bashing time. (laughs) Yeah, man. Good shit. How are you? I am good. I'm great. We got a race tomorrow. You and I just spent a good two hours talking about F1, and we could spend two more hours. Yeah. (laughs) If I had a nickel for every time I've been in Sturdy Wings, for every year I've been in Sturdy Wings, I'd have enough to play a game of (laughs) (laughs) Pac-Man. It's it's been five years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And if I stayed five more years, I'd have enough to buy another game of (laughs) Pac-Man. We get it. We get it. We get it. (laughs) Do you know any wings? <laughs> Love take yeah. me down to the river. <laughs> <laughs> Who sings that? No one sings that. <laughs> I like that movie. I know. It's so funny. But yeah, I'm good. Uh, just I got done with a really long bike ride, and it is going well, and I'm excited to talk about the movie film today. Sweet.
0: We're going to be talking about Sherlock Holmes from 2009. This, of course, was directed by one Guy Ritchie, was written by Michael Robert Johnson, anthony peckham and simon kinberg based on characters created
2: by sir arthur conan doyle simon kinberg sounds really familiar what else has he done do you know oh he did x-men dark phoenix that's why oh
0: (laughs) yeah i might leave that one off the old resume
2: there Um, put that one back (laughs) that one's uh no good (laughs) poor, poor guy The cast
0: includes one Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law, Rachel McAdams, Mark Strong, Eddie Marson, Robert Mallet, uh, Geraldine James, Kelly Riley, and William Houston. Critical reception was relatively kind. It got a 69% on the old Rotten Tomato meter there. The audience appreciated it a little bit more. It's at a 77%. So that's nice. Very nice. Uh, Let's see. Shubhra Gupta from the Indian Express says, watch it by all means for a dazzling visual feast, but be warned. This Sherlock is more show than tell. So there you have it. John Williams from Little White Lies says, it's everything you want from a family holiday movie, but not worthy of the world's greatest detective. So there's that uh let's see here candace frederick from real talk online says as for the film itself it's true guy Ritchie style it was all over the place with the craziness but if you can set aside your ma- your image of Boyle's sherlock you may enjoy this a little more and then allison rose from flick direct says downey jr is the perfect casting choice who manages to bring a somewhat lackluster script to life so we'll leave it at that. The budget was ninety million dollars. It grossed, let's see, two hundred and nine million here in the United States. Opening weekend was Christmas Day in the morning of two thousand and nine, <laughs> and it pulled in sixty-two point three million opening weekend worldwide. You're looking at five hundred and twenty-four million dollars. It's so a
2: very successful film.
0: It is. This is this is post Iron Man. Iron Man came out in two thousand summer of two thousand eight. So we he was he was riding a pretty high wave at this point and everyone was excited for more RDJ.
2: Rob Van Dam. Yeah. My <laughs> favorite ECW wrestler ever. One of the only ones I really knew. But um here are some fun trivia tidbits. Tids and bits. Watson's line to Holmes, you know that what you're drinking is for eye surgery. Is an obscure reference to Holmes's cocaine usage. At the time, cocaine was used as a topical anesthetic or anesthetic for eye surgery. In the stories, Holmes injects cocaine. Wow. Robert Malay, who plays Dredger, accidentally knocked out Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock Holmes, while filming a fight scene. And that's that big dude, the big French dude. Yeah. He oui. is a, a monster. <laughs> yeah. Oui. He is a big old boy. <laughs> After Guy Ritchie signed on as the director, he insisted that the two most common cliches of Sherlock Holmes, the elementary, my dear Watson, Quip, and Holmes, Deerstalker, be dropped entirely.
0: Hmm. Why? I guess... Because that's what makes them them, and he wants to change that. That's
2: true. Put it on its head, as it were. Yeah. Block, stock, and two smoking barrels there. Ooh, I like that. that Is that a BB gun? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Robert Downey Jr. read many an air rifle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Robert Downey Jr. read many Sherlock Holmes stories and watched the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes from 1984 in order to learn more about the character. All wow. right,
1: everyone, stop getting shot. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Director of photography Philip Russo or whatever, used a special high-speed digital camera specifically to film the punch bowl fight sequence. Uh, The key moment when Holmes punches his opponent's jaw was filmed one second in real time and turned into a seven-second shot without additional post-production aid. I liked that scene a lot.
0: We practically have that on our phones now when you go to slow motion
2: on Mm -hmm. your iPhone. Yeah, but this was 2009, Justin. Not a long time ago. I know,
0: I'm just saying, like, the... Technology has advanced so much in mm-hmm. so little time. It's pretty crazy that we can do that now on, on, on my
2: phone. <laughs> <laughs> we can film our own Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Sherlock let's do it. Holmes 3, Electric Lee with,
1: with the Irish music playing. Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> Delivered to some theaters under the fake title Elementary Education. Sounds like a failed porno. <laughs> the address of the Blackwood Manor is 1856, which also happens to be the year that Sherlock Holmes writer Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was born. I thought it was O'Doyle. Doyle. No, it was Conan Doyle. O'Doyle yeah. rules. I was going to say, Conan Doyle rules. <laughs> you know what, O'Doyle? I think you and your whole family are going down. <laughs> but for right now, i got to study. Ridiculous. so ridiculous! if anybody has not seen the 2009 Sherlock Holmes uh this is a synopsis skip, you can f- it. skip it skipping 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 skip the
1: movies skip
2: skip <laughs> you don't even have to watch it go watch drive to survive on someone's borrowed Netflix don't pay for Netflix but
1: <laughs> oh man those assholes I yeah, know. they're so funny they're like oh yes but we've lost 200,000 subscribers we're gonna lose 2 million more mm. and it's not because we cancel every show that you've ever liked and our content sucks but we have law-abiding citizen, and we charge it's top $20. three in the US
2: right now. Yeah. Bunch of assholes, Netflix. Dude, oh, they can go to hell. They can go to hell, and they can die. <laughs> so, all right. So, in 1890, London, private detective Sherlock you sound Holmes. Sound like you are from London? And I kept on going on with my life. <laughs> I kept on living my life and his partner Dr. John Watson prevent the ri- ritualistic murder of a woman by Lord Henry Blackwood who has killed five other young women in a similar manner. Inspector Lestrade and the police arrest Blackwood. 3 months later Watson is engaged to Mary Morston and moving out to 221B Baker Street. Moving out of 221B Baker Street. While he enjoys their adventures together Watson looks forward to not having to deal with Holmes's e- eccentricities. Meanwhile, Blackwood, who claims to have supernatural powers, has been sentenced to death and requests to see Holmes, warning him of three more unstoppable deaths that will cause great changes to the world. Blackwood is subsequently hanged, hung, whatever. Holmes is visited by Irene Adler, a former adversary who asks him to find a missing man named Luke Reardon. Uh, After her departure, Holmes follows her as she meets with her secret employer and only learns that the man is a professor and that he intimidates Adler. Meanwhile, sightings of a living Blackwood and the discovery of his empty tomb convince the authorities that Blackwood has risen from his grave. Reardon is found dead inside Blackwood's coffin. Following a series of clues from the body, Holmes and Watson find Reardon's hideout and discover experiments attempting to merge science with magic. (gasps) <gasps> a- I know. <laughs> after they
0: anger and anger, <laughs> and anger and anger.
2: <laughs> uh after they survive a battle with the black with the with Blackwood's mm-hmm. men when they try to torch the lab, Holmes is taken to the Temple of the Four Orders, a secret magical fraternity with considerable political influence. The leaders, Lord Chief, Chief Justice, Sir Thomas Rotherham, US Ambassador Standish, and Home Secretary Lord Coward. Kind of a funny name. I would change that name. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Asks Holmes to stop uh, Blackwood, a former member of the Society, and Sir Thomas's secret intelligent son. That night, Sir Thomas drowns in. illegitimate. His- Oh, what did I say? Sir oh, Tom, shit. I don't know what you said, but oh. Sir Thomas is Sir a Thomas secret, secret illegitimate. Illegitimate son. My bad. That night, Sir Thomas drowns in his bath as Blackwood watches, and the next night, Lord Coward calls a meeting of the order. He nominates Blackwood to take command in place of Sir Thomas, and Blackwood reveals himself to the group, explaining his intention to seize control of the British Empire and reconquer the U.S. Standish attempts to shoot Blackwood, but bursts into flame when he pulls the trigger of his gun, falling out of the window to his death. Lord Coward issues an arrest warrant for Holmes, causing him to go into hiding. Holmes studies the rituals and of the order and recognizes the symbols in Blackwood's staging of the murders, and from this he deduces that the target of the final murder murderer. Wait, what? The targets of the final murder are every elected member of Parliament. With the aid of Lestrade, Holmes fakes his arrest and is taken to see Coward, where he uses evidence on Coward's clothes to deduce Blackwood has conducted a ceremony in the sewers beneath the Palace of Westminster. Holmes escapes, and he, Watson, and Adler find Blackwood's men in the sewers, guarding advice based on Reardon's experiments designed to release cyanide gas into the Parliament chambers and kill all but Blackwood supporters, to whom he has secretly given an antidote. Blackwood comes before Parliament and announces their impending deaths, then attempts to activate the cyanide device by remote control. Adler is able to deactivate it with a controlled explosion. I know.
0: by the 12th ding-dong of the bell.
2: I know. (laughs) (laughs) Blackwood flees Parliament and sees Holmes chasing Adler, who has taken a canister of cyanide from the device through the sewers and pursues both to the top of the incomplete tower bridge. Blackwood subdues Adler and fights Holmes as... The latter deduces how all of Blackwood's supposed supernatural feats were the work of science and trickery. Uh, Blackwood pummels off the bridge and falls entangled in a noose of chains, the chains wrapping around his neck, hanging him for good. This time. Yeah. Adler explains to Holmes that her employer is Professor Moriarty, and she warns that Moriarty is not to be underestimated. As Watson moves out of 221B, the police report to him... and Holmes that a dead officer was found near Blackwood's device. Moriarty used the confrontations with Adler and Blackwood as a diversion while he took a key component based on the infant science of radio from the machine. Holmes looks forward to the new case and his new adversary. I'll be honest, I the end of the movie, I was like, what? I don't remember the Moriarty stuff, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, so that was at the very end when the police officer shows up.
2: Yeah, I uh, kind of didn't get that, though. But well, because radio,
0: radio is like a new thing, right? Like our buddy, Mar, what is it, Marconi? <laughs> Moriarty? Yeah, <he's, laughs> no, Marconi is basically creating, this is the era. It was oh. 1890, right, was yeah. when this movie takes place? Yeah. So Marconi is doing the wireless... uh um you know, messaging, and mm-hmm. then we get radio waves, and it's like, "Whoa, this is so cool! Way in the future, pump I up can... the volume, baby!" Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, "This is—I can talk to somebody that's not even here. This is crazy <laughs> science, science, weird science." Yeah. So, parts and pieces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My
1: creation <laughs> is real. Yeah. I love the oingo-boingo, man. Wow. From my heart into my hand, why don't people understand my,
2: my intentions?
1: Intention. <laughs> Weird. Shit. Uh, anyway, Lottie plays with <laughs> Jane. Uh, <laughs>
2: and then anyway, she's happy okay. Again.
1: <laughs> I am pounding the fists on the table. Uh, all right. Win! Zach, did you first see Sherlock Holmes? And what were your first impressions?
2: (laughs) Apparently, I was old enough to see it by myself. Uh, In 2009, I saw it. So when it came out, I saw it in theaters. Um, And, you know, like Iron Man 2008, right? So obviously, I was one of the suckers that went for this. Sucker's a bad thing. But but I was was riding that RDJ train. And I was like, I love the man. I'm so glad he had a resurgence in his career. Mm -hmm. And Tony Stark was just incredible. So this movie hit at the right time because he was just like hot fire on ice, like sex on ice, right? And Mm -hmm. so um, that's I think that contributed to a reason why so many people saw this movie was because RDJ was just on the top. Um, And so I liked it. I remember liking it a lot when I when I left the theater. Um, But I yeah, as time kind of went on, I just it was just forgettable. I think I saw maybe one more time after and I just was like, eh, I don't know. It's okay.
0: Did it's you not, see? Did you see the 2001 follow-up, A Game of Shadows?
2: 2011? You mean? Yeah. What did oh, I say? 2001. Oh
0: yeah, that's a space um, Odyssey. Did you see 2000? Did you see 2011, <laughs> A Game of Shadows?
2: <laughs> it's called Game of Thrones, Justin.
0: <laughs> also um, 2011. Yeah. yeah. You're uh, right.
2: I know. Wow. So, so many I, games. So many games. The game of games. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see did it. Did Daddy teach you this game? <laughs> of shadows. <laughs> if arnold was in game of shadows i would have watched it but i know i like you got the the professor moriarty and then the pipe and then the hat and all these things (laughs) and i like jared uh whatever his name is who plays moriarty i like him a lot jared harris is his name he's great that guy is amazing he's in fringe my
0: favorite show that i love to talk about but Mm -hmm. i never get to see another human being that has ever watched the show but he played david robert jones and he's got three names, so you know he's serious. This guy means businesses,
1: <laughs> or and, he's a uh, serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's
0: really good.
2: I like him a lot. Yeah, he's fantastic. In Chernobyl, he plays like the one of the investigator guys, and it's just Chernobyl. Yeah. Illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so i I have not seen the second one, and. I know what's on HBO Max, so me being a completionist, I feel like I just need to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I heard bad things about it, and I was just kind of people were like, it sucked. So I was like, eh. it has the girl with the dragon tattoo? And then she was in the Prometheus. and Oh, she... Naomi Rapace. Yeah. Yeah, I like her. That's, yeah, she's in it. Cool. She's still got yeah. that tattoo. <laughs> it's
0: like Mike Tyson on her face.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Got a yes. dragon on her face uh yeah i saw it in theaters too i saw it on christmas day in the morning and uh yeah same way i i think i liked it when i came out of it but then when i watched it again like a couple years later i was like all right yeah it's fine and dandy it is what it is and then when i watched it i don't know yesterday i guess i fell asleep had to to watch the end again (laughs) i missed it yeah (laughs) So, so i felt bad about that i was like and i fall asleep almost at the end too he had just <laughs> he had just jumped out of the the window not the top window but you know the, the middle,
2: middle window, <laughs> the middle window.
1: <laughs> yeah that was the last thing i remember was him
0: crawling back on the boat and then i was out so
2: it, it was just one of those movies that i was i kept checking i'm like how much is left in this movie <laughs> and it's i long. don't normally i know i don't normally do that i just was like yeah, just can you hurry up please <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah
0: so what is your history with Sherlock Holmes? Were you a fan going into this movie? Did you watch any of the old TV episodes? Have you read any of the novels? Did you sit around a campfire listening to radio dramas of Sherlock
2: Holmes? I didn't really have any history with Sherlock Holmes. Um, I mean, other than, you know, like the great mouse detective and stuff. I just remember sure. Basil of Baker Street. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also uh, From Hell with Johnny Depp. I really liked that movie a lot, where he, you know, he was playing Holmes, and I think he was playing Holmes, and he was finding Jack the Ripper. I think that was cool. So I, I didn't, but I, I didn't know any of his story because he's fictional, right? Or is he? Was he actually real?
0: I <laughs> was an impression he was of uh, fictional. fictional, fictional
1: characters. characters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm like. I like it, but and I'm a fan and all, but uh, yeah. Now I feel like a real asshole for not knowing the the, the honest to goodness answer. I'm pretty sure it's fictional, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm um. So that that was my history with it. And you'd think I would like Sherlock Holmes because it's that detective style, that investigative style, and it's like I should I should uh mirror my game off of some Sherlock Holmes stuff. So. Um, and I I know that Benedict Cumberbatch plays him in Elementary or not Elementary, but uh, I think like the just uh, yeah the Sherlock, Holmes, Sherlock show. Holmes show. And yeah, I guess yeah. he does a fantastic job. So and then Martin Freeman is in that one too. Yeah, I think he so, plays Watson. Right?
0: He is based off a real person, but their oh. name is not Sherlock Holmes.
2: Okay, I said Joe Montana.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Sherlock. Uh, let's see. It says that. Uh, he was modeled after um, this fella. Uh, his mannerisms, rather, uh, were modeled after Doctor Joseph Bell,
2: mm. who had been a professor
0: at the University of Edinburgh.
2: Oh, my favorite and professor!
0: Had a little pipe and everything. <laughs>
2: Very nice. So, yeah.
0: All right, then. Yeah, uh, I had heard a couple of like radio dramas. I had a. I may, I may have spoken about this before, but my eighth grade english teacher mr schmeling he was a really cool guy <laughs> and he'd say hey there guy he <laughs> was great he uh he was really big on radio shows and so that's how i i knew what the shadow was because he had these old tapes of of the shadow when it was on the radio and uh these fun little radio dramatizations rather and it was basically just to kind of hone in our listening skills. So we would listen to the radio show and then there would be like a test kind of on, you know, answering. If you listened to what was happening, you would totally ace this, uh, test
2: Mm -hmm.
0: when you had it in front of you the entire time it was playing. So you could read the questions ahead of time and just kind of listen for the answers because the idea is just active listening is what the exercise was.
2: Mm -hmm. But,
0: uh, one day he ran out of shadow stories, and then it went on to uh, went on to Sherlock Holmes.
2: <laughs> Very cool.
0: Yeah, it was, and so I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And yeah. there was one that I remembered where it was something about the speckled band begins to play or something like that. And and the speckled band was a snake uh, that was just
2: kind of sneaking through the the house. That was a Sherlock was... Holmes story. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean. Again, I, I probably should dig more into it and, and watch maybe something or watch some YouTube videos or whatever. I think you're fine. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Enough time's Yeah, uh,
0: But I mean it was it was fun. I was, you know, a fourteen year old kid, so I, I enjoyed what I was listening to, but mm-hmm. I have never I don't think I've ever read a Sherlock Holmes book in my life. So I'm with you. I'm more of the Great Mouse detective there we go. route. So. Yeah. It's easier, see. I did watch the first season of the Cumberbatch show. Mm-hmm. I never and it was basically like they were more like movies. You know, there was only a few episodes per season, but they were ninety minutes to two hours in length, I think. Holy so, shit, per episode? Yeah. Jeez. So it's more like little mini movies. Yeah. Okay. So all right. So in the trivia section you mentioned that Robert Downey Jr. read many of the books and watched the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. You know, what are your thoughts on his portrayal of the famed detective? Did he do a good job of making Basil Basil of Baker Street come to life? (laughs) Did he knock it out of the park? Was was this a live action Great Mouse detective for you? Or was it just sort of meh as far as his performance goes?
2: I mean, I liked it because, again, this was the height of Robert Downey Jr. The height of Robert Downey Jr. Well, I shouldn't say the height, but it was starting to get to that point. A resurgence in his career. Yeah. And, and I liked his performance, but I didn't really have anything to base it off of. It did feel different. And I think over time, I feel like I've seen this type of character before where it's like, we're going to take something classical and make it edgy, right? We're going to take Robin Hood and make Taron Egerton Robert Hood because it's edgy. <laughs> so yeah. And we saw how that turned out. But. And, and maybe he's going to keep the money. Maybe he's not even going to give it to the poor. Maybe he's just going to go... <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, just start. You know, pimping out his horse, and <laughs> you go, and 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 things. We heard you like TV, so you put a TV on your horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you get a gold,
1: golden arrow. He's going to start shooting gold arrows.
2: <laughs> just being wasteful, it's exactly. Be great, yeah. So, um, it's it was it was different, and. I liked bits and pieces and the guy Richie aspect really came out, especially during the fight scene, the, uh, the punch bowl scene with the, with the big yeah, dude. I, I
0: like that when he's doing yeah. the deductive reasoning and I really I was going to plan things out. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I kind of was hoping though that he would mess up. Like, so he'd be like throat punch, you know, you seize him there and then solar plexus uh, hit. And then I was hoping that he would do something, but then miss and then it wouldn't go the way he would, it would, he it, like, he thought it would go. Yeah. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Um, so I did like Robert Downey Jr. a lot, and he he had a good uh, he just had a good vibe. But Guy Ritchie was oozing all over this film. I mean, you could I, for me, you I think you could totally tell. Um, so let's talk movies. about that.
0: So so Guy Ritchie does have his own unique style of filmmaking. Personally, I'm a fan of his wacky camera shots and creative visuals. Are you? I don't necessarily like all of his movies, but I like what he brings to the table as far as his stamp. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you. Top five seconds into a movie, you can usually tell yeah. that it's Guy Ritchie. Are you drinking the the Richie Kool-Aid, or does his approach to production fall flat for
2: you? He's not. So I like him, but he's not a director where he's a marquee director. If I hear him doing a movie, like, I didn't see Aladdin, but that wasn't because of him. That was because I just don't like these <laughs> animated movies that are live of remakes that it will the be photorealism, animated. or whatever it's they call it. Yeah. so stupid. Um, And Will Smith, you know, slapping the people left and right, so... Um, I wasn't slap, slap, slappity slap,
0: well, slap. It, that's, yeah,
2: that's what I felt like during the fight scene in the punch bowl when he's like slapping him. I'm like, I'm gonna slap you silly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's um, to mock him. Like he got. Like, I yeah, I, it was it was pretty funny. I I enjoyed that, but uh, yeah, you know, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels was excellent. Loved it. Uh, snatch is good. Um, he just has like a, a unique style and camera work and placement. And I think one of my favorite things that Guy Ritchie does is he's good at world building and making you feel kind of like you're in that gritty like area like London looks like shit. London looks dark. It looked the, the Thames was was filthy um, and it just looked gritty everywhere. And I think that that's what was so cool about it. Um, like in The Man from Uncle, I felt like I was in, you know, Russia and wherever else they were. Uh, they just did a good job with that. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. Um, I like Uh, Man from Uncle. That movie's good. Me too. I know. And I think that Army Hammer went a little crazy town bananas. Yeah, he likes to eat people. But the uh, the gummies, gummies, gummy people. Yeah, Uh, I don't know what I don't know what he does. But the but London looks great. Yeah, guy 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 Ritchie knows how to direct a good action scene too. I love when he slows things down. I like his subtle camera works. Like when he was fighting the Frenchman who was running, and he did the whole upside down shot that turned to right side up.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's like on one of the. The awnings of the building and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks pretty yeah. good. So let's talk about the slow motion then, because Zack Snyder, fuck man, he turns <laughs> I know. He, he turns a, a, a 90 minute movie into a four hour epic and it's it's too much. But for some reason with with Richie's, I I don't get that at all. It's more of capturing this moment and that'd be the end of it. Mm-hmm. What what do you how do you compare
2: the two? So Guy Ritchie's slow motion is, is on purpose because especially in a movie like this, because Sherlock Holmes is so calculated and the only way that we can really see his reasoning and stuff is to slow it down. Um, and it makes sense. Like even after Watson gets uh, explode-y by the by the bomb, you see... Yeah, you see him <laughs> yeah, you see him run and he grabs a box and you're like what's he going to do with that? Oh, that's why he grabs it. So like that slow motion makes sense, right? But Zack Snyder will be like, "Hey, fast-paced action scene and then random slow motion for some reason." And right. then back to fast pace and then random slow motion. You're like, "I don't get it. I, are you just trying to emphasize things?" Like raindrops? Um, it's yeah, like, okay, oh I can see yeah. 6,000
0: raindrops, I and I have enough time to name each and every
1: oh. one of those
2: drops because yeah. the slow motion is so long. <laughs> it just, it's his, he doesn't use it, like, as a as a tool. He just puts it in there. But Guy Ritchie uses it as a tool to really enhance the film, I think. Um, I don't remember slow motion from Lockstock, but the I... The very beginning, when they're okay. running from the police, and oh, they have okay. the
0: suitcase with all the, the stolen... Uh, bags of goodies they have like these loot bags basically you pay mm-hmm. 20 quid or whatever and you get like a watch and a necklace and blah 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 and then the fuzz come and it shows them running and they slide down these stairs and it's in slow motion they drop the briefcase that has all of their wares that they're
2: peddling, <laughs> and it looks really really cool yeah So in that sense, see, like, that's cool. Um, And the Snyder stuff is is still good to look at at times, even with the slow-mo, but he just uses so much of it, especially the Snyder cut when I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are there so many slow-mo scenes? It just, it's. I I, I get it. I mean, I know it's it's his thing. He likes to do and playing Hallelujah. And yeah, he's got to get rid of that song, man. I know he needs
0: a new person
2: to pick songs for his movies. I hate every song that he
0: ever uses in his movies. It's so bad.
2: He likes the Tom, or not the Tom Waits. He likes uh, whatever the dude's name is. But yeah, Jesus Leonard uh, or Leonard Leonard Cohen. (laughs) Leonard Cohen. Yeah. I just, I mean, man, I don't know what his deal is, but I, I, I would prefer guy Ritchie films over Zack snyder honestly yeah
0: i think i think i agree with that i mean there are a couple that so i mean i won't lie i really like man of steel and i really like 300 and i even like dawn of the dead i like those three those are good choices very much yeah i agree but and i like them for what they are and i and i don't know i'm sure anybody probably could have made those movies but i really like how they were made <laughs> and what at if? the time with 300 it felt more like this this ballet of action sequences and it felt warranted mm-hmm. but then i it was after 300 where he's like dude I, i'm on something with the slow motion it made sense in 300 because it was 10 billion guys versus 300 guys and it was cool to see this epic battle happen and and i don't If he never used slow motion ever again, I would have been 100% okay with it. I Mm -hmm. think it should have just been for the effects for 300 and that that'd be it. But
2: whatever. I I agree with you. So
0: um, I'm going to skip around a little bit because you mentioned the way London looked and Guy Ritchie's world building. Do you where do you land on period pieces? Do you generally enjoy them? Are you here for all the costume set design and pageantry or is it a case by case basis?
2: Um, you know, I was thinking about this one and I started, I just Googled like best period piece films. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that, 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 that. And so yes, I like period piece films. I think it's fun because yeah, the costume design is incredible. And so for example, like some of my favorites that I've seen in recent memory or just ones that I saw off this list or off the top of my head, Portrait of a Lady on Fire was absolutely gorgeous. The favorite, the costume design and the favorite was incredible. Schindler's list. Um, Apollo 13, like Apollo 13, I really felt like I was in, you know, the sixties or seventies, I guess is when it was. Um, and you just kind of, you had that whole, you know, white bread vibe that they had going on at NASA. So it was very interesting. Um, Argo, same thing. I really loved Argo a lot. Dunkirk, Dunkirk made me feel like I was trying to get off the island or off of the, the, the beach with all of them. Um, Titanic and then Jojo rabbit. So I think all of those were, were just really good period pieces, um, and I, I enjoy them. I I would say I haven't found one that I don't l- not like, really. Um, there mm-hmm. are some that might be a little longer. Like, I love Kubrick, but I, I don't want to watch Barry Lyndon because it's like a four-hour movie. But it's a lot of people say it's like his best film, and that's definitely a period piece. I can appreciate all the work he did for it. I mean, the costume design was out of this world. Uh, the lighting was all done by candlelight, and it's just... Really, really cool, um, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm a fan for sure. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, I definitely for the sake of this movie, I, you know, I really like the Victorian era of London. Mm-hmm. I liked, uh, you know, it's after the Industrial Revolution, so we do see machines and chemical manufacturing plays a big part. You know, there's steam powered ships, there's pollution, it's it's industry for crying out loud. Yeah, like, it's I a really... gritty,
2: it's a gritty movie. Like what yeah, he does normally,
0: I dug it. I I was. It was a very ugly place, but I was excited to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I which is rare for me when it comes to period pieces. I tend to not really enjoy them, but I also think of a period piece, um, as more like Pride and Prejudice kind of thing. You know, I see like, what you mean. Yeah. Uh, for me, when only because like like for Argo, yes, of course, it was made in you know the 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 two thousands, and it is taking place in whatever 1979 or 1980 or whatever. So yes, it's technically a period piece, but when I was alive or my parents were alive, it's <laughs> weird to associate that as a period piece when 100% it is, but I'm just more of the, when, when I think of period pieces, I do think of more like uh Westerns or Victorian era or medieval times, uh, things like that.
2: Yeah, no, I get, I get what you mean. And I was thinking about that too. Um, but I mean, the way I look at period pieces is I just it's it's just some sort of work that's set in a, a specific am- amount yeah. of historical time. Like, sure. um, You know, so like Gladiator is a period piece, too, obviously a very glaring one. But I was thinking about that as well. You know, the 90s were 22 years ago. So uh, 23 years ago. So like, at what point do we say that a 90s film is a period piece like Clueless? When could that be a period piece? Right. Because it mm. it uh, encapsulates. I mean, if it were
0: made. Yeah, if it were made
2: today and it takes place in the 90s Mm -hmm. and we don't really live like that anymore yeah i'm just thinking of things that like would encapsulate things when i was a kid so everything that would remind you of the 90s you could technically call it a period piece
0: so yeah i think i think eras is probably one of those things you Mm -hmm. know like it's a word to associate it with you know you mentioned like white 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 bread nasa right yeah you know the, this was a time when people had fucking milkmen delivering to their yeah. house and you know white picket fences and and segregation
2: and meatloaf for dinner every night
0: exactly <laughs> it was it was a different time mm-hmm. and so that that makes sense
2: yeah totally was, I, lo- I love a, that movie too by an way. analog
0: <laughs> world really yep you exactly. know, pre-digital world yeah I'm, I'm a yeah crazy i was gonna do some Bad religion vibes, but I I decided not to do it. Um, So in addition to Robert Downey Jr., this film features several A-listers, including Jude Law, Rachel McAdams, and Mark Strong. How do you rate their performances, and was there a character that you would have liked to see more or less of?
2: I wanted to see more Moriarty, actually, but... <laughs> I did, too, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, we'll get to that, Zach. Jude Law was great. I, I liked Jude Law a lot. I mean, this should be called the Don't Be Crazy Jude Law podcast, because we've done, what, three movies, I think, with him now. Four movies, maybe? We did The Holiday. We did Enemy at the Gates. We've done this. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to do... I think that's Rocky. I was getting confused. <laughs> Uh, And then we we were going to (laughs) do, We were going to do, um, uh, what did he say? Uh, fucking Road to Perdition.
1: Yeah, he's a bad
2: guy in there. I know, which is weird because he's not really a bad guy, other than, I guess he was a bad guy in uh, Captain Marvel as well. Um, But I like, yeah, I forgot he's in that. I think he's great. And so he, he just, he was the yin to the yang for, for, uh, Holmes. And even though he's like, i'm leaving man like we have a shitty relationship but i also love you it's toxic. it was very toxic and and i love the scene when when holmes and watson are sitting on the couch after the surgery and he's just they're both not looking at each other and he's like you know i didn't i didn't think you were gonna make it sort of thing and he wanted to tell him like hey man i love you but he was just going about it his very odd way and i thought it was great so they they were awesome in it rachel mcadams and, and mark strong were fine um, Mark Strong, when he plays a villain, I feel like he's the exact same villain each time. Love the guy. Love it. He's fantastic. Same thing with Rachel McAdams. I think she's fantastic. I was just kind of like me eh, for their roles. Um, and with Strong, like I never got scared of Blackwood, Lord Blackwood. I kind of forgot he was even the bad guy at a certain point because I was just trying to solve the mystery. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, he kind of. Well, so I love Mark Strong and he's got this nice little snaggletooth tooth in the no He does. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning when he had like that crazy glass like blade, I thought that was really cool, that was cool. and inventive. Yeah. but you know, we didn't really get any more of that. But I liked. <laughs> he I only liked had one. You <laughs> only yeah. had one,
2: Justin.
0: <laughs> and that's one of those things where if you set it down, you might be like, "Shit, where'd I put my right <laughs> I know. <laughs> keys. Where my keys? Moved.
2: <laughs> Has anyone seen a really thin glass needle that can probably kill you? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you on
0: that. But um, yeah, I like Rachel McAdams too. I think she's great. Yeah, she's, she's good people. But we yeah, Mark Strong. He's he's a badass. He's so handsome.
2: I like looking at him. I like him a lot. He just does a good job as a good guy and a great job as a bad guy. I loved him in Kingsman. I loved him as a villain in like Kick-Ass and, and this movie. And pretty much I think he's been in other Guy Ritchie films, too. But he's like, he's excellent. I, mm-hmm. I like I like Mark Strong a lot. I just was kind of like, eh, it's a Mark Strong movie.
0: Right, right. So let's talk about that. So while Lord Blackwood is the antagonist of this film, Professor Moriarty is the ultimate big bad. He's shrouded in mystery. His <laughs> mystery is only exceeded by his power. And we're meant to fear him. Uh, this is an obvious tease for a sequel. Does this approach work for you? Like, what happens if the movie's a flop? Then we don't even get a Moriarty story. So uh, it, can, it can be quite the gamble. And uh, it's it is it is it a criticism for films to, to play it safe and have the hero and arch nemesis duke it out in the first film? Or is that the smart play? You know, which, which do you prefer?
2: It's, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a move. I'll give him that. It is, it's a vibe. But the thing about it for me is I just told you, like, I didn't, I didn't know who Moriarty was. And so when she's like Moriarty and I was in the theater and people are like, oh, I'm like, who the fuck is Moriarty? I'm like, who the fuck is Moriarty? I was like, that "Mm -hmm." asshole with the chalk on his jacket. (laughs) I know. I was like, did I miss something? Because there's so many confusing names in this. Was he the, was he the the ginger haired guy, the dwarf or whatever they said? (laughs) Like I was, I just didn't, I didn't get it. And then my buddy, who I saw, he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, more already Like, and so he was excited. Yeah, he's like it. his Joker. He's he's like yeah. uh, the Joker to his Batman kind of. Yeah. Thing. And then in 2011, you know, for Book of Shadows or whatever it's called, Blair Witch <laughs> Two. It's some. Um, I was like. The game's a foot of shadows. <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of like, oh. Okay, well, I mean, I guess I'll see it. So, um, it's like when I saw, it's funny because I, I like The X-Files, but I never grew up watching it. I've seen like maybe a handful of episodes. And I went and I saw <laughs> The X-Files, the <laughs> second movie. Oh, not, yeah. It's not the first one in theaters. The one that was like, tell me a the truth or ago. something like that. Yeah. Or I still believe or whatever. And the guy's mm-hmm. playing a saxophone. Anyways, um, when the chief shows up on screen, I was in the theater. <laughs> I and never, still
1: believe. Yeah. I
2: had to figure out what you were talking yeah, about. No. <laughs> anyway, I decided to throw it I was in there.
1: Like what? The oh, okay.
2: Last Got a fist pump too, dude. I <laughs> literally
1: was digging through a Rolodex in my mind palace trying to figure out what you were talking about. Green
2: means go ahead and shut up about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny.
2: Yeah. Oh. Uh, so. I, when I saw that movie, the X Files movie, in theaters, and then the the chief shows up, everybody in the audience was like cheering, and I started clapping too. I'm like, "What the fuck am I clapping for?" <laughs> but that's how I felt with Moriarty. I'm like, "What? Like who? Who cares? Who is this?" So I think it was quite a gamble because. For the, for example, yeah, yeah, I want more of Artie. Let's get <laughs> Artie out <of> here. <laughs> Who's Artie? Who the fuck is Artie? <laughs> so, um, the the thing about like with with the Batman, right? So the Dark Knight ends on such an awesome cliffhanger where he's like, "I'll check it out." Right? He's like, "Is this guy?" I'll look into it. Yeah. He, yeah, he leaves a calling card, and then. Instantly, me being a diehard Batman fan, I'm like, "Oh, here we go!" <laughs> and so everyone knew who that was. But I mean, Batman and Joker is—you could ask anybody on the street, and they'd be like, "Yeah, I know who the Joker is." If I went up to people and like, "Do you know who Moriarty is?" They're like, "What? Get away from me! <laughs> get lost, Lesbo!" I'm and not so, into your TikTok video yeah. shit. All right, get out of here. I know. So it was—it um, I it was a definitely a bold move. I think they were putting a lot of uh, – uh, they're hedging their bets quite a bit on the fact that they were going to make another one. Maybe they already knew they were going to make another one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they had Robert Downey Jr. too, right? I yeah. Mean, they, were, they were saying, like, you know, he's going to put
0: butts in the seats. Yeah. It's Iron Man.
2: I know, yeah. We'll se- 2 coming. <laughs> we'll sell you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it, that's fine. When you have a bankable star like that, uh, I mean, I guess the second thing would be like a Chris Pratt too, like with all the Jurassic World movies, like he's the hottest thing. And so you put him in the movies and people are like, oh, we're definitely going to make sequels because we, we come to see Chris Pratt or Ryan Reynolds or right now Oscar Isaac or like Pedro Pascal, like those guys you can put in movies and they're just going to they're going to sell tickets. So it, it's it's a smart move, I think. I just was like, huh, OK, I guess <laughs> it, it, it works for some people. But in, in this situation, it didn't, it didn't really work for me
0: right because like it's interesting because like with, with the 89 batman is batman and joker right off the bat right yeah and then you know batman begins we got scarecrow and liam neeson and it's like okay what's that taking guys that <laughs> and then um you know you're right and then but it was that at that at the very end when he's like what about escalation he's like what about escalation he's like well you know uh, joker <laughs> and <you're> like okay <laughs> sweet but you know james bond did that as well with Blofeld, right? It was a couple of move- we knew that there was this this super organization and more was at play. Mm-hmm. And then we finally get the reveal of the big bad Avengers. Same thing with uh, Thanos. It was uh, several movies in right. We've had all the intro movies. Then we have an Avengers movie. And at the very end of Avengers, we get a peek at Thanos. Yeah. And then while only six years goes by before between Avengers uh, and, and then Infinity War, we had fucking 20 movies (laughs) to fill in that gap. So, you know, they play the long con for the, the ultimate showdown. And so I guess it's, you know, we, now we have these, these cinematic universes that can allow for such a thing. But when you don't know who is going to, is, is this going to last? Would it have made more sense for Moriarty to be the, the, the villain in this movie because Lord Blackwood's kind of a throwaway at the end of the day, right? It's just another yeah. it's just another case for Sherlock Holmes, but at the same time, that's also what he does. The police are terrible, they need his help. He
2: solves the case.
0: Ipso facto, I I'm your boss.
2: <laughs> Fire the police, they're terrible. Yeah. Um so but and the, the, I think the thing about that too your examples, um those are big those are big properties and Marvel will sell. I mean, you could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves with the Marvel a ketchup movie, a right? Popsicle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, you can look at a T-bone if you stick your head <laughs> up a butcher's ass. <laughs> um, and with, with James Bond, obviously they're going to make more James Bond movies because that's just a crazy successful franchise, but they really took a gamble with Sherlock Holmes because they're like, Hey, guess what? You guys are going to love it. Remember the league of extraordinary gentlemen.
0: I hated that movie.
2: Yeah, exactly. People were like, Hey, Folks are going to love this movie because it's these <laughs> extraordinary gentlemen and there's a league of them, but we have one That's woman, like too. Yeah. <laughs> but they're going to be based off of uh, literary, like, you know, fictional, ca- fictional characters, characters. Yeah. and um, it completely bombed. So luckily, this one didn't bomb, which is why they made the next movie. Um, but right. it, it, it is a major gamble. It's 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 risky to do. And I, I'll applaud them for, you know, having the cojones to do it. But boy. That's uh, you get a little too big for your britches there, Buster. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it is. It's is always fun to see how that's going to play out. Because like even Spider-Man against Green Goblin, you know, in 2002, you know, yeah. I, I mean, Spider-Man obviously has a rogues gallery. Uh, I think Green Goblin's up there pretty high. Venom would probably be the one that everyone's like losing their shit for. And wouldn't you know it, Spider-Man 3 was not good terrible (laughs) so but i mean you know so there was some lead in you know like oh hey oh my god like the first time we saw him in the black suit in the trailer you're like oh my god it's happening this is crazy Mm
2: -hmm. so i mean
0: that did get some some lead in time but i just thinking about you know you you know, just mentioning big names and having you know Jack Nicholson be the Joker. I remember that being like a big deal, and this is so crazy. And then Batman, and then they fucking kill him off at the end of the movie. I know. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? And it's like we can only go down from here at this point. So yeah, it is. It is uh, They they gave themselves an uphill battle with that one. Mm-hmm. Found it interesting. So
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: Anywho, um, let's see. Do you do you actually have any favorites where the hero and the arch nemesis fought to the death in the first film of a franchise?
2: Do you mean like actual dying or just they yeah, like, like
0: how die? like how like how Batman and Joker fought on the building and then Joker fell and died and laughed about it.
2: <laughs> so I would definitely have to say that Batman 89 is like the first one that comes to mind. Um, the Matrix too, Uh the first Matrix, I would say. We, but with that, though, too, they weren't necessarily banking on, hey, we're going to make sequels. But just to see as uh, if you look at. St- take a step back and look at it as a whole i mean he fights you know agent smith and that was incredible it was fun to see and he kills him for lack of a better term mm-hmm. um, so that was great princess bride but but, w- it,
0: but that ends with the phone call him saying like hey i know you're in charge and that's yeah. fine but check this shit out i can fly <laughs>
2: <laughs> click yeah and then it's like <laughs> plays the the rage against the machine song but
0: yeah but even if even if I'd, they did not continue to make movies that was a very hopeful ending. Like, oh, my God, it's about to go down. I can't yeah. even imagine what's going to happen next. Assuming something does happen, mm-hmm. you know, that the computer, the machines are in a lot of trouble.
2: Yeah. He's uh, kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. Uh, the Princess Brighten Bride, down when you get a to see keyboard. Inigo fight uh, the guy, the guy who killed the his father. Man. Yeah, yeah I think that was great. It was a really good payoff. And again, also a contained movie. But still, it, it was just cool to see that actually happen. Um, Superman movies like so you get Gene Gene uh, I almost said Wilder, Hackman. Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor and, and Superman and Lex are like the peanut butter and jelly or I mean, peanut butter and pickle combination Um, that would be for any type of comic book lore, right? He's like one of the greatest villains of all time. And so it's really cool to see him in the first film and you're like, oh shit, they are not starting with a B villain. They are starting big. And you said Green Goblin and Spider-Man. That was a huge intro. Um, they could have easily picked Kraven the Hunter or Rhino or something, but they picked a really good villain. <laughs> Bears! Yeah. Rhinos! Rhinos! We've been quoting a lot of Jane Sandbox. It's, <laughs> it's good! Because <laughs> I love animals. <laughs> so, um, And then I also said Gladiator. Uh, when he fights the oh, Commodus, oh. it's uh, it's it's fun that he gets to actually fight Commodus. Yeah.
1: He's he- like, I have, I have other virtues, like I like to kill people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's a bad dude in that movie, Joaquin. So, Holy crap. so that was a real good, I, I would call that his arch nemesis. And it's good to actually see that happen. Um, but in terms of like franchises, I can't really think of any that uh, would have that combination of the hero fighting the, the main, the main enemy in the first one.
0: Yeah. Batman was pretty much the one that did it, man. Yeah. It was, it was a, big deal that was a huge deal
2: and it and yeah. to, to kill him and to change the origin story of it too like you know he's he's the Joker's the one who killed Bruce's parents I mean that was they took a lot of risks with that and you know Michael Keaton himself the casting him was huge People would like you mean the Mr. Mom guy yeah <laughs> like, this is gonna be weird he's a but comedian. yeah and then he knocked it out of the park and he's like you want to go nut-? you want to get nuts let's get nuts <laughs> then they go to the store and buy nuts. <laughs> and they buy nuts Cajun
0: nuts spicy ones <laughs> Hazelnut, yeah. macadamian nut. That <laughs> reminds me. You mentioned um, Princess Bride and the Six Fingered Man is Christopher Guest, who is the guy that mentions all the nuts in uh, Best in Show. Oh yeah, pine <laughs> nut, macadamian nut, hazelnut, pine <laughs> nut.
1: Whatever. <laughs> like, takes like like
0: a long, like a long pause, and then just keeps going. It's so funny. Nice. Anyway, so typically this is this is a fun one so typically with mystery films the audience can play along and try to guess what's happening you know they get to the root cause as it were but this film does, doesn't really allow for that you know we see Holmes thinking and getting samples and licking shit and stuff like that you know he's 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 exploring crime scenes but we're never really given any extra information and and most often we're just presented with with nonverbals. we see he's thinking uh, but we, the audience, don't know what he's come up with until he finally decides to share that information. In other words, we can't participate in solving the crime without the information. And, and I want to know what your thoughts are on this form of storytelling. And I only ask because you, Zach, are a professional fraud investigator, and you are, you know, your results are based on a collection of facts. And we don't get any of that in this film until the very end. And he's like, oh, actually, it was really simple, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, were, were you at all frustrated by not having a clear understanding of his investigation?
2: Only yes. Uh, to answer your question, yes. Uh, it was kind of confusing because here I am trying to enjoy a movie but also piece it together. And I think that's what was bugging me about the movie. Um was, I'm like, okay, now I'm confused. So is he an actual sorcerer? What happened? Did he die? <laughs> why, why did they go to this pig place? Why, why did they go to this this ginger-haired guy's uh, house and he's looking at all these things? And what do I need to pay attention to, to to have a payoff at the end? And I think that's kind of annoying to try to keep a list like that as a viewer. Um, as an investigator, yeah. I mean, it's all about the small details. And I'll applaud Holmes, who was talking about that. He said the small details can usually be the most important things, right? Um, Jack Reacher, the the new Jack Reacher show, he talks about it. He's like details matter, and it's it makes so much sense because in investigations those details matter. Um, so I really liked that aspect. But but yeah, towards the end I'm like. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, the wax. I'm like, okay, yeah. And he did that, and then he also smelled and he licked things. And yeah, we're we're banking on the fact that Holmes knows everything about everything about where certain dirts are, and you know, uh, oh, th- those I saw those brogues that you were wearing, those exact same pair of black brogues that probably thirty thousand people have in London. But I right. saw those, man. <laughs> you wore them with white socks, like Michael yeah. Jackson, and looking all yeah. cool. <laughs> you were spinning around and doing moonwalks. But uh, it's that to me, that was a little annoying because I had a hard time following it. I'm like, who, what, when, where and how? <laughs> right. uh, but at the end, it, it it comes together. It's OK, I guess. It would have been nicer if he did his his narration in his head of things and he you paid attention to possibly what it could have been. But I mean, I don't know. That can Maybe, be annoying too. Yeah, if it's too much. It could yeah, be. So-
0: So, like, yeah, you're right. There was never any magic, which makes sense because this is the real world, Zach. I know. know, uh, Like, people, you know, when he's having the confrontation with Blackwood at the end, he's like, oh, there was never really any magic at all. Just a bunch of conjuring tricks like fucking Gandalf. And, you know, he's like, you know, paying people off. The prison guard pretended to be possessed outside of Blackwood's cell the sandstone slab at, that blocked the tomb, it was broken before the burial and put back together using some chintzy adhesive, which happens to be an ancient Egyptian recipe. You know, that one that's a mixture of egg and honey?
1: You know, but once it gets wet, then guess what? It's no good, no mo. And then
0: Blackwood's father drowning in his own fucking bathtub because of the use of a paralytic that activates upon the combination of copper and water. That's which, so dumb. <laughs> yeah, which, which wouldn't be detectable because they fucking drain the water, right? Cause it's a bathtub yeah. and they got to get the body out. Or then what about when Standish bursts into flames? There's this odorless, tasteless flammable liquid that burns with an unusual pinkish hue. And so it looks all magical, but it just so happens that Standish mistook this as, as rain when he was entering the building because it wasn't fucking sunny, it wasn't like, hey, who's who's splashing me with water over there? You know, it was actually <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not in a fucking sea world in a splash zone. It's like, what's <laughs> happening? It's raining, so this liquid falls on me, so I don't notice. And then of course, it was a spark from a rig bullet that was enough to set him aflame. That Lord Blackwood is a real sneaky sneak. And and my point is we could never know any of this stuff. I know. Literally yeah. cheated out of the investigation for only Sherlock Holmes is clever enough to put all the pieces together. So, we are like Watson. We're just kind of there. You know, we we can we can add our own little insight to things, but it's going to always be Holmes that figures it out.
2: Yeah. And that's I think that's what pisses me off. And and the reason I I liked the new uh, the Batman from 2021 is or 2022 I guess technically. The reason I love this movie is because It's a detective story, and we're watching things happen, and we're also learning as as Batman discovers things, him and Gordon. And so it's cool because there's like audience participation. But in in a movie about the world's greatest detective, Sherlock Holmes, we get some fun action pieces but really not much of an investigation or the investigation is all held privy to Sherlock. And we're like, wait a minute. Now we paid our ticket. So why can't yeah. we figure out what you're doing? Exactly. So it's, it's not, it, it, they're taking away the essence of, Sherlock Holmes and Guy Ritchie—that's fine. You can do whatever you want with it, but they're just making it a flashy action film. And to me, I'm like, man, I I, I want that more intellectual, Knives Out style mystery, right? Where we're like, wait a minute, what is going on here? I'm kind of piecing this stuff together, but then you're like, oh, yeah, like when he's when he's talking about what about the pulse.
1: Well, he's like, how did he get his pulse to, to, to not work? And he's like, oh, well, it happens to be a toxin refined from nectar from the, the rhododendron pontusum that just so happens to be infamous in the region of Turkey. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just happen
0: to know about this
1: nectar in Turkey? Give me a break, dude. Yeah.
0: And I'm just like, oh, I can't. I can't right now. So that... I When I was watching the movie, I'm like, I bet Zach is going to hate this movie because he can't play along with the investigation because we as the audience have no idea what the fuck is happening. It's, it's impossible yeah. for us to know that 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 was mad honey disease that was uh, impacting him.
2: And I didn't hate it. I was just more like am I like what what am I what am I looking at what what about this okay the ink like he has a logo like I I don't get it what am I what am I looking for here so hate is a strong word
0: more of an eye roll like oh it was
2: and there were too many things that happened like when he had the smoke in the room like you know close the 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 chimney so it could get really smoky in there I'm like that's a lot of smoke and you're also hedging your bets on the fact that he's gonna not look at you while you're doing this and billow up (laughs) enough smoke He's going to start monologuing like a Bond villain. I think just things like that in this film that were a little bit like, I I know it's a movie, but I still felt very, I don't know, almost cheated by certain things. I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty stupid. But Mm -hmm. yeah, the investigating was was quite annoying to me. The more I think about it now. (laughs) Yeah, I can
0: imagine. I took notes. I was like, oh, shit. What's that now? What kind of nectar was that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. so the dinner scene, this is a fun one where, where Holmes tells Mary everything he knows about her simply by looking her up and down. And it's a neat trick. And when you meet someone, do you do you kind of do the same thing, at least internally?
2: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm an observant person, so I always try to watch that stuff. I'm not like, oh, she has a uh, her finger is like blank or whatever. So she was she was married and, and she's not wearing a ring. Any, yeah, <laughs> not wearing a ring anymore. And oh, she's playing with her necklace. That means she's nervous or something like that. No, I don't do that. I mean, I'll see the way people interact, and that's why I like, um, uh, you know, meeting friends or or going on a date or something in public, you just kind of see how people are around other folks. And I get nerves get involved um, or distractions get involved, but you can really kind of feel a tick about somebody or the way that they speak or the way that they tell a story. That might bring up something. I wouldn't be in the level that he was at where he's like, oh, you teach kids because there's ink on your ear and all that. I would never come to that deduction that quick, but I I mean I can I can pick up what people are putting down pretty pretty quickly. So I'm like the the Seattle Sherlock Holmes. Oh. I wonder what his thoughts would be
0: on Mary and there's something about Mary when her
2: hair was up like that. I wonder <laughs> if you would have been able to figure that out. You have cum in your hair. What baseball
1: present Are you on me? Are you going to about us?
2: god i love keith david (laughs) he's so so good
0: yeah Uh, i'm the same way because you know we talked about how we did loss prevention at target and once i once i had the light bulb moment where i can just look at people's shoes and their shoes tell the story (laughs) fuck man i was catching people left and right and it's so (laughs) funny how that works like shoes just tell a story and i think that that's interesting
2: yeah i agree and I think you're right. You can really kind of pick up sort of like how someone where someone's been or look, you look at their hands. You're like, OK, cool. Their hands are real dirty or whatever. So maybe they
0: like how a mechanic always just has crud under their nails. Yeah. OK, like, hey, you're a mechanic, aren't you?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, or people who are real fidgety or like maybe they were a smoker at times or just I mean, people who are on drugs, you can you can pick up that pretty easily. Or I, I can always tell when someone's drunk. I'm like, yeah, this person's drunk. Just the way that they're talking or they're kind of slurring or they're being a little too loud. You're like, this person either is like really happy or they're hammered. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think I think I have uh, you and I both have a, that skill and I, I, I I've been able to refine it over years just because I'm still investigating and stuff. Um, I'm not an expert by any stretch, but yeah, it's I'll I'll use it often. I think. Mm-hmm. Which can be kind of problematic at times, too, because I don't want to I don't want to make assumptions on people. But we all do. We all do. Yeah, it's it's that, you know, that that bias that we have, the unconscious bias. But I'll look at things and I'll be like, OK, I think this person might not have done this yet or they might be this type of person or whatever. And I'm like, let me just feel it out. And maybe through natural conversation, I can figure out if it's true. Mm-hmm. And because you know we're basing everything off a of physical appearance,
0: right? yes, yeah, and you can't you can't do that. you can, but it's it could be a bad idea, you know, uh, you we were talking about you know how everyone's performance and everything and and Jude Law and you liked him as Holmes and or not as Holmes but as um Watson, Watson. and uh what's funny to me when I first watched it, I remember thinking he's not short and fat. How is this going to work? Because I was thinking of Great Mouse Detective and Dawson is his partner. Yeah. And uh, he didn't fit the body type. Mm. I remember being like, he's not a short, fat mouse. (laughs) He's a handsome fella (laughs) is what he is. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah.
2: Um, That's not right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we've talked about this movie a little bit. I don't even know how long, maybe an hour or so. But is there anything that you can think of that would have made this that we haven't really adjusted or addressed that would have made this movie better or more enjoyable for you? Apart from the investigation side of things, you know, what what could have made this movie, you know, come up a grade or two?
2: Jason Statham? Like he's it. in every Guy Ritchie film.
0: I, can, I can um, appreciate that. As someone awesome. that loves Jason Statham. Yeah, that would have been could, cool. I'll take him in everything. Yeah, he can um, make he can make cheaper by the dozen part six and I would I would be on part. I'd go. See like, it hey, later. where are you going, little baby?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd like fight somebody. So um, I would say shorter runtime just because it was so it was, it was a, a smidge over two hours, but it was like a really slow two hours. I just was kind of like, man, where are they going with this? There's there's investigation. But like we were saying, we don't learn anything. And so it just felt like filler plot. And I'm like, is Rachel McAdams a bad guy? What's the deal? Um, when do we get to actual Blackwood? Who's this other guy, this coward guy? And it just kind of carried on and and dragged on. And I wish that they could cut maybe 20 minutes of it because then it would have been a little more enjoyable for me. Um, I really did like the fight scenes uh, just because I like how stylistic they were, but maybe does that make sense for Sherlock Holmes to be this fighter guy? Well, and that's what I mean. And so I get that you're doing a Guy Ritchie thing, but you got to pick a lane because if, if you just want to make him the fighter and Living he's life in the fast lane yeah, head up to the meadow. <laughs> Here you go. If you just want to make him like a fighter, then that's not Sherlock Holmes. And so it was it was just a different take on him. And I don't know if I necessarily agreed with it all, but I would I would get more into the detective side. And I hate to use the, the the example again, but it's because I just watched it and it still is amazing. But the Batman, uh, it was a completely different Batman story. We know who he is. Everyone knows the origin story of Batman and whatnot. And so in this movie or in the Batman, it wasn't a huge ac- action set piece like what we're used to. It was a detective story. And you're like, holy shit, I am figuring this out with him as he goes. And they did a very good job, much like a Fincher film. So I, um, I needed, I needed more of that and, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe less of the hand to hand combat. Um, maybe Holmes just being able to avoid people by stepping a certain way or letting people kind of punch themselves into a corner. And I like the cattle prod scene. Like that was kind of funny. Um, but, uh, you know, not necessarily being like a good fighter, I would say. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Like how Captain Kirk gets beat up
0: all the time oh yeah all the I time like, i like that i like how kirk just always has more face damage as the movie goes on. He, gets his, he gets his ass kicked a
2: lot <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah yeah i think that's fun yeah i can or, appreciate that
2: i like the whole jackie chan style buster keaton style action where like jackie chan is obviously an incredible martial artist but where it's kind of like lackadaisical and he like He'll fall backwards and a guy will end up punching a board or something and the board comes up and it hits him in the face. And Jackie Chan does like, I don't know, a cartwheel out of it and then nails fly at a guy's head. That doesn't happen. Right. But it's, you know it's what like, I mean? It's like slapstick almost. Yeah. Yes. And that I think that's they could have done that with this and I would have enjoyed it a lot more if they mm-hmm. made more of a slapstick approach. And uh, for both of them, for him and Watson. But I don't know Watson's backstory. I know that he said he was in the in the military. So, I mean, that makes a little more sense why he can fight. But he's got a cane that's a sword. Yeah. And a it's magic wand. It's a sword cane.
0: Yeah. They don't give those. They'll, they'll give, that's not great. They like to give out to everyone. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> only this. Only the special people get those. He's, he's decorated. Yeah. 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 So what are your uh, final thoughts and a grade? Is this is this a movie that you could see yourself watching
2: again? Maybe ten years from now, twenty years from now, mm, keep going. Thirty years from now, really? You're done. You've seen no, all you need to see. Uh, I don't think I need to see this movie again. It's even if it was on TV, I'd be like, uh, I don't yes. know. It just kind of sits in the background for me. It's not bad, and if people like it, yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's just it's one that I'm. I just was so indifferent on it. I'm like, eh. and I think the more talking about this. I was like, I really didn't like how they didn't show us because maybe that solved the reason. That, you know, we did a little investigating here, where I'm like, why didn't I like this as much? And it's like, oh yeah, because it was such a a chore to watch the fucking thing. And like Moon Knight, we were talking about on on the Discord channel about Moon Knight. And I'm like, God, this movie, this show is such a chore right now. Yeah, I, I just don't want to have to piece it together. And but or at least have know. the
0: pieces to piece it together. It's different yeah. when you're not shown everything yeah like, like, like the a lot of times in this movie, when it was going back to why something is the answer, it was from an angle that we didn't see like how the harness uh that's on blackwood and the hook uh that the that the the noose is being put on mm-hmm. we could have never seen that so it's it's camera trickery you know yeah
2: tomfoolery but uh-huh. So, I, w- I would say this movie's a B- for me. Um, oh,
0: really? That high? I'm surprised.
2: I'm not going to get I a C. You were gonna, I thought you were going to do a C. Well, now remember... Maybe
0: a C- plus, then. That's like 79. The, o- the audience... Yeah, I was going to say. The audience was a 77%.
2: Okay. I, yeah, that's... I'm going to go C- plus, then. Because that makes a little more sense.
0: Yeah, the critics were
2: 69. 69, dude. <laughs> 69, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay. I, the reason... I was just thinking C as like a negative grade, but I guess that makes it's more not. sense. C no, you're right. Yeah.
0: Satisfactory. Yeah. Anything o- should be
2: an S. <laughs> <laughs> anything over 75% is good. So yeah, I'm going to, I'll go C plus. Yeah. This one's a C plus for me because I don't need to watch it again. I'm fine. I still will probably watch the book of Thrones game of shadows or whatever <laughs> Um, because I feel like I need to. That way I can actually give a formulated opinion about it. Um, okay. So and then Jared Harris is great. So I guess we'll come of see is. What, what Moriarty does. Yeah, David Robert Jones. <laughs> DRJ. <laughs> RDJ and DRJ back <laughs> <Yeah>. in action. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Oh. My hmm.
0: goodness. Yeah, I'm I probably a, a C as a flat out C a 75.
2: There you go. That's passing.
0: Yeah, it passes. Just, just I don't barely. know if they going to get into <laughs> good
2: school or anything like that, but <laughs> it's going to go to community college. <laughs> yeah.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. I went to community college. I loved it. When I went, it was $11 a
2: unit. I don't even know what it is now. Oh, my God. Time's out by, like, infinity, and that's what it is. Jesus. Won't say. won't say way. That's cheap.
0: Um. Well, cool. That is all I
2: got on the Sherlock Holmes. Sweet. That's all I have to say also. So, Thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Had a lot of fun today deducing everything down and uh, guy-riching it up again. Remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod at Edgy Armo and at ZachDale60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we will discuss them on our show. You can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode, as long as it is The Last Dragon, so get your hands off my podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Please, please, please. Additionally, we're also available on every other major podcast app. Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, you name it. Thank you for listening, and please, don't be crazy. Thank you so much.